You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. I declare in the name of Jesus that I speak as the oracles of God. I speak with grace that only God supplies. There shall be no error. The word of God shall be accurately divided. May Jesus be glorified and we be edified. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are continuing with thanks living. Thanks, living, giving our all. Praise the Lord. Well, at this point, this is the third session of this discourse. And I'm sure by now we have all understood that our lives are meant to be a life of thanksgiving to God. So everything we do as believers is an outpouring offering of thanksgiving to the Lord. Praise God. All right, so everything that you're doing, the service you are giving in church, whatever you're doing, even at your workplace, must be motivated from such that your whole life is an offering of thanksgiving to God. Why is it so? Because... Like Apostle Paul said that in everything, we should give thanks for this is the will of God. So it is the will of God that in everything, we give thanks. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 to 17 also tells us that whatever we do or say, we should do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father. So our whole life that we live must be stemmed out of thanksgiving. And I also made you understand that when people live their lives in thanksgiving, it is because they know that their life is a produce of God's grace. When you know you are a product of grace, your life becomes a life of thanksgiving to God. We read 2 Corinthians 4, and we realized there that as Apostle Paul was giving that account, he told them that because of the many deeds, people are giving thanks and overflowing with thanksgiving to God. And the glory goes to the Father. And I showed you that the word thanksgiving there is the same word gratitude. And I said that if you look at the Spanish language or you look at the Italian language, there's no difference between thanksgiving and grace. And in the same word used in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I think verse 15, what it speaks to there is so clear 
The word Eucharistian, Eucharistian is the word gratitude, is the word thanksgiving. And so in the middle of thanksgiving, you see charis, which is grace. So anytime you see a person giving thanks, it's because they have received something by grace. Anybody who feels that they earned it and they deserve it and they worked for it, don't see the need to give thanks. Apostle Paul said it. At the end of it, he said, thank God for his unspeakable gift. His indescribable gift. He is the reason for why we do what we do. And that's why sometimes when people do a little, they get burnt out. When nobody is saying thank you to them, and the reason why you get burnt out is because you think it's by your own doing. And you are doing them a favor. But when you do it knowing that you yourself are a product of grace. And somebody has made you who you are. And what you have is a blessing because of what he has made you. You don't even care whether they say thank you or not. You are good. Because for you, it is a privilege because your life is a life of thanksgiving. Apostle Paul said it. He said, ah, it may seem as if on the outside we are wasting away. But he said, we are renewed daily in our spirit. When people give so much to the Lord and they give everything of themselves, everybody around sometimes thinks that they are wasting away. But he says, our spirit is renewed day by day. For all the problems we see are momentarily and they are light. But there is a far more glory that outweighs everything that you see. I don't know what you go through because you are giving your life as thanksgiving to God. And it has made you a mockery. And people laugh at you. You know that sometimes they can use their money to do so much. And you use yours to serve the Lord. And it makes like they have much and you have little. Apostle Paul said, because he gives much, we also give much. Because he gives us much so that we can give much. When he gives you much, he's expecting that you give much. He doesn't give you so that you hoard. Because he's expecting that your life will become an outpouring of thanksgiving. Anytime you see grace, you will see gratitude. And when you see gratitude, you will see the glory of God. So it's a cycle. More grace. More gratitude. More gratitude. More glory to God. And then God will give more grace. So that you show more gratitude. And then he receives more glory. And then he gives you more grace. It's a beautiful cycle. Oh, praise God. Apostle Paul also had to use the Corinthian church. As an example, and at a point, he was telling them that you promised that you were going to give 
everything to the Lord. And um, it's been one year now, it's not coming. <laughs> he said, you started well, and even the Macedonian church actually learned from you. But now it looks like um, you are losing capacity. And sometimes we become like the Corinthian church. Praise the Lord. I also give an example of um, a case study with regards to the ten lepers. Is that right? You remember that? Yes. It typifies our salvation. Just like the ten lepers. Because leprosy actually is a defilement of sin. And that makes a man not be accepted. And, 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 and it typifies this young man coming to Jesus. Because Jesus has taken him and, and has accepted him. He's healed. He falls flat. He says, I don't know what to do with myself. And he puts his face in the dust. And he says, my dignity and everything belongs to you. Because you have made me what I am today. There were ten of them. He was the only one that came. I don't think that should be represented in this room. As many as Jesus have saved, may all give their lives to him. May all serve him with everything they have. Tell them my life is a life of thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Okay. So we're going to look at the Macedonian church. Paul testifies about them to the Corinthian church. And he uses them as an example. In other words, sometimes people can start something. And when they lose God, other people would take the shine. And they will be used rather as an example. The Corinthian church started it, but they lost it at the point. And when the Macedonian church took that grace, now they are being used as an example to the same Corinthian church who started it. May, not, may that not be your position. Hey, it should have been a bigger amen. Praise God. Alright, so let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 9. We're going to go deep today. Now, I want to tell you what God, in his grace, has done for the churches in Macedonia. Oh, my word. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times. Oh, God. They have mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty. I know poverty is poverty. <laughs> but when poverty has an adjective, <laughs> then it's, it's problematic. <laughs> deep. Deep poverty. This one is not poverty of the spirit. He's talking about financial, yes, poverty. They have mixed their wonderful joy with their deep lack of money. You see how morose you become when you don't have money. But this is the fruit of the spirit. When a man knows the Lord, 
Money does not determine their mood. They have mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty. And the result, oh, 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 the result has been an overflow of giving to others. Is the church here? The guys who don't have And as you can see, it is widely known. Their poverty, which is deep, is not a secret. Yes. So it is known by all. That's why Apostle Paul is openly saying it. That look at the guys. But because their focus, their motivation is a life of thanksgiving, the result of their poverty, which is mixed with their joy of salvation, makes them out of their deep poverty give. Look at the next verse. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Go. They gave not only what they could afford. Ah. But what? But what? But what? So do, do you see sacrificial giving? This sacrificial giving is in twofold. The person is poor. And therefore, they're already lacking. And they decide, because of what Christ has done, and their life is a life of thanksgiving, they can't hold back. They want to give. So I'm sure they should be able to give just a little so that at least they'll be able to survive. But in giving... They even gave far more. Not average, affordable. I've told you that, listen, in the New Testament, it is not how much you give. That breaks the record. It's not how much you give. It's how much you have out of which you are giving. Are you here? It is not how much you are giving. It's how much you have. And therefore, if we stand here and we say, oh, as we're building, let's give to the Lord. And then you come and give five million. Ooh. Then everyone say, oh, he's a giver. And then somebody comes and they give 2,000. And the 2,000 is all they have. As much as if you go into the account, 
red. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Red. And the bankers, these days the bankers, the moment your account is going red, every day they send you a message. When your account is full, they don't. They send you weekly to know your, but the moment, they, every day, they send you. And then, after they send you for some time, they follow up with a call. <laughs> we call you. So, this guy gave the 2,000 red. And then this other guy who gave the five million has 50 million that he doesn't even know what to do with. Before God, the one who gave the 2,000 has given more. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. I'll give you another reference. What we call the widow's might that Jesus gave as an illustration is another example. It's another reference point. It's another reference point. Watch this. Go. He said, and I can what? Testify that they did it because oh, did we talk about cheerful giving? That you should not be forced to what? Give. He said, it's not because I forced them. This is what they want to do. By an act of will, fueled by grace, and not because of nagging on my part, they begged us to take the money so they could share in the joy of helping the Christians in Jerusalem. Listen to me. When you don't understand, listen, when you don't understand that your life must be a life of thanksgiving, even when you start giving to the church, you, you will now want to control and manipulate. So you see, there are a lot of people, because they give by the flesh, they become controllers. They use their gift to manipulate people and to control the ones they give to. But these guys, they said, we want it to be our joy that we are helping in the faith, that the gospel is spreading. We share a part in this. Because there's an eternal weight of glory. There's an eternal reward that is beyond this flesh. Praise God. Look at the next. Look at the next. I want all of us to read this with keen attention. Go. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes. For their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord and to us for whatever directions God might give to them through us. 
if I really want to describe Carry Center International, may God help us so I can describe this church this way. Oh, are you here with me? Oh, are you here? Number one, they dedicated themselves. Listen to me very carefully. Anybody who understands that their life is a life of thanksgiving will not sit back and just give money. They will first give themselves. They will first. The first thing you will do is to give your... Listen to me. Anybody, anybody that shows their love to you first gives them. Jesus. Is that true? Do you want, ladies, do you want a man? Guys, do you want a woman? Who will just give you things? So they will buy the television. They will buy the four wheel. Bugatti. Or Lamborghini. Or Rolls Royce. <laughs> and, 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 and then when they finish, they said, take, take the children, go to Dubai. But every time you don't see them, Uh, 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 are you here? You, you, you like it? Wait. Let me tell you. It is... Wait, wait now. Ha. Listen to me. Listen to me. Anybody who would enjoy that, it tells you that they didn't come for you. They actually came for the things. So it is ya meat or ya. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Am I speaking to you? Yes. But, but, but when you love, you go first. And all things then, because when you have gone, things will not be nothing. There will not be anything. It will just follow. If you are gone, what is Lamborghini? That is what God did for you and I. He gave himself. And he said, if, oh Jesus. He showed us the peak of his love by giving himself. He said, if I have given you myself, what else can't I give you? Are you here with me? And this is what these guys are following. This is the example. Oh, me, ask for me. Ah, 
ah, they won't see me. I'm, no, no, you give yourself. You give your time. You give your attention. And then you give your affection. Are you hearing me? Yes. You give your time, your attention, your affection. True love would give these three. So you give your time, but with no attention. You know somebody can be there with you. But whilst they are sitting, where their mind is? But you said I should sit down. I'm sitting. I'm here. Don't do that. The guy is plugging my weakness. So, <laughs> so you're watching football and your wife is asking you questions. <laughs> she knows that when it is that time, <laughs> it has to wait. <laughs> because I will give my time, but the attention, oh, Jesus. Oh, you said what? Go! <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. So, you know, so what it means is that anytime you are giving yourself, then that is true giving. Because then all other things will follow. You know? Sometimes, too, you can give your time. Give your attention, but not with affection. Because you are being coerced to do it. But these guys, they fulfill the three. They love the Lord. So they give themselves. Praise the Lord. Not because they were coerced. They did it out of affection. Praise Jesus. And they were ready. Listen to me. Look at the chain of authority. As they loved the Lord, they loved their leaders. They were dedicated to the Lord and to their leaders. Watch this. Ready for direction. What do you have me to do? That should be the attitude of every believer. Loving the Lord and loving your leaders. That is the chain of authority. If you love the Lord and you don't love your leader, what are you doing? It goes together. And the point is, it's not every time. What do they have to give you? You must be asking, what do we have to do as the Lord is leading? Praise God. Whatever directions God must give through us. Look at, their, look at their attitude. They were so enthusiastic about it that we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to visit you and encourage you to complete your share in this ministry of giving. You people there are leaders in so many ways. He's going to mention where they are good. Where they are good. But he says the guys are something else. You guys are leaders. You have so much faith. 
You have many good preachers. So much learning. So much enthusiasm. So much love for us. Now I want you to be leaders also in the spirit of cheerful giving. He says, I'm not giving you an order. I'm not saying you must do it. But others are eager for it. You see, Apostle Paul was very, very, very diplomatic when he's talking about giving. Because there's a very thin line. Very, very thin line. Because if you are also not careful, and people give out of force, there is no blessing. And then, like he's saying, it becomes like extortion. And that is what now the members have forced certain pastors to do. That is why they do the 419. So they look at you and they wind your brain. And they jump three times. <laughs> and they look into the air. And say, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then you become confused. Pastor, what? What is coming? And then he says, I saw black cloth. I saw somebody wearing black cloth. <laughs> I heard another term right now. It says somatambo. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. There's black cloth in your house. Black cloth. This December, they have lined up. And then they say, okay, 5,000. Then you hurriedly ran. And then bring it. Pastor, save my family. He said, you are sorted, don't worry. I know some of you here who still go. You go. You go. Go in. I like the good confession. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. So, so listen, we, we really have to, let me tell you, let me tell you, this Christianity thing is very simple. Don't make it complicated. It's so simple, you have no idea. When your heart is into the Lord, it will show in the giving of yourself and everything you have. Listen to me. Very soon, you will know that you were created last because you were made Lord over things.
That's why things were made. And you came. And when you came, they said, overseas. Now, how can things now have dominion over you? Paul said, I am urging you also in the spirit of cheerful giving. Pastor Josh, I am urging you by the grace of God. May you continue in the spirit of cheerful giving. Say amen. Give me the next. This is one way to prove that your love is real. I've experienced it. I mean, for 19 years of counseling, I've experienced it. Where the ladies who always come, Pastor, the kinds of things this, guy's prom this guy promised me were caught him. <laughs> and the things he said, all of them are spoken word. <laughs> and the guys have also seen that that's what you women you like. You like guys who talk plenty because you always want to hear. So they will keep talking. And they always come with one excuse after the other. And how they deliver it is amazing. It's amazing. But Apostle Paul says, our love for the Lord is not just talking. It's not just saying it. It's not just by preaching. <laughs> It must be a life of giving. Praise the Lord. A life of giving. A life of giving. Watch this. He said, that goes beyond mere words. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was. Read it. Go. Though he was so very rich, yet to help you, he became so very poor, so that by being poor, he could make you rich. Are you hearing me? This is not just talking about he giving you money. No. He's talking about he giving you his nature. Christ's nature is not poor and is not impoverished. His nature is rich because he has the fullness of everything. Bible said he consists of all things. Colossians. So he exchanged that nature for you to have his nature. So he proved his love by how much he loves you. By saying, I be weak, so you be strong. I be poor, 
so you'll be wealthy. I lose my life, so you have life. He said, that is how you prove your love. When you prove your love, nothing of yours matters to you. You become other-centered than self-centered. Did you hear what I said? I told you, the principle is this. You don't know that already you are living your life for others. All the struggling you are struggling and you think you, it's for you, you are doing it for others. Be careful to be intentional about who you are doing it for and may it be for the Lord. Because you'll be turning in your grave when you see how hard you worked and all the things you do and the way your money is being used. Don't let the African thing deceive you. Do you know how the Africans deceive? They deceive by the power of ghosts. How ghosts comes to slap people. If ghosts have power, they wouldn't have been able to die. So don't think my ghost would, your ghost will do what? They will spend your money in your face. Your children will be fighting over your properties. Because you were not intentional about working for the Lord. And giving your all to the Lord. You were giving to the self. Do you know that for most of us, the reason why we give, even to people we give, is because in turn they would deliver self to us. So you see that Jesus said it. That don't just give to people because they will give back to you. Not spiritual giving. Spiritual giving is giving. Not because somebody is going to give you back. So what we are doing in church is butter trading. It's transactional relationship. It's 419. It's like going to the supermarket. Exchange of goods and services with money. True love gives, not expecting anything. But it is indirectly Reciprocal because of the joy that you derive in seeing others do well. In seeing the church do well. In seeing the work of God do well. That is the joy that comes to you. Oh, are you here with me? Look at the neck. When our giving is not focused on him, that's where the problem begins. Giving becomes like we are doing God a favor. So it is my own property. 
Let me take some and go and give it to them. These people, I'm hardening, I'm hardening. They worry too much. They worry people. Go and give some. Last week I told you that most of you, if you have to do your will, in your will, would you put the church and say, I'm doing, I'm giving this percentage that the work of God should be preached all over the world. I'm sure even a lot of pastors don't even don't do it. Because you see, our minds are so filled with self. It's amazing. And it amazes me because even if you go to the Western world, unbelievers in their will give to charity. God. I don't blame us because of the problem is knowledge. The problem all has to do with knowledge. Because when when we, when we the pastors are hoarding, the members will learn to hoard. So everybody is hoarding. And the point is, our preaching makes you go chase for money. Because we measure your success by the car you ride to church. By the slick cloth you wear to church. So that's how we measure your success. And we say, oh, the Lord is blessing Sister Abigail. Can't you see the new ride? Ah! Can't you see? And then we look at the things, say, wow. And that the one who is always praying, delivering, doing things for God. But doesn't have a car and is giving to the work of ministry. Say, the Lord is not blessing you. Hey, what a church, what a kingdom is this? Where he tells you, seek ye the kingdom first. Go back to the, all these things. Because your daily cares will be taken care of. It is not meant for you to hoard. What he wants to do with you is begin to listen to me very carefully. Everybody who is a dreamer, there is no money you have that is too much. When you are a kingdom dreamer and you always have the kingdom at heart, there is no money that comes to you that makes you feel too rich. Because the work of the kingdom is too big. It's too big. It's too big. It's too big. Somebody said, I'm not doing God a favor. Say it. He gave it to me. And my life is a life of thanksgiving. Look at what happened in Genesis. I told you that anything you preach as a pastor and you 
can't find it in Genesis cannot be used as doctrine. It cannot be used as doctrine. So you realize that for everything I teach you, I will take you back to Genesis. Because that is where, if you are reading a book, and the introduction does not give you the synopsis of what you are going to see in the whole book, and you don't understand that, you can't understand the whole book. Get it right. So let's look at what happened. In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent was the craftiest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. So the serpent came to the woman. Really? He asked. Nothing of the fruit in the garden. God says you mustn't eat of any of it. Of course, he said, we may eat it. The woman told him, it's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we are not to eat. God says we mustn't eat it or even touch it. She also added her own. <laughs> That's why Jesus always talks about false teachers and false prophets. Because the only thing you can do is to add to what God has said or take out from what he has said. And he, make, and he makes it false. That's exactly what the devil did and that's what Eve just did. Okay. That's a lie! The serpent hissed. You will not die. Hello? You will not die. God knows very well that the instant you eat it, you become like him. For your eyes will be opened. You will be able to distinguish good from evil. The woman was convinced. Look at the next. Let's all read it. Go. How lovely and fresh looking it was. And it would make her Did you see what just happened? What did the enemy do? The enemy didn't give any magic. He didn't perform any juju. He just spoke words. What did he do? He only appealed to the self of the woman. And took the woman's eyes from the Lord to pleasing herself. From giving to the Lord to give in to herself. That was the first thing. That's all. Taking your eyes off the Lord and bringing it to you. So all the enemy did was to put Eve in the picture of a certain class And then Eve decided that God class is low. I want this for me and my husband. 
like the way the place is quiet. It's so crafty. That's why it started. The account started that the serpent is the craftiest. And so that's what they mean. Every time he makes the believer to always, as you forget yourself, you think more about you than of the Lord. So most of your giving is to yourself. Me. When it comes to that of the Lord, then you will find a lot of excuses. Oh, hello. A lot of excuses. A lot of excuses. So many excuses. Ah, oh, but this thing. <laughs> so most of us operate at this level. Let's all read it. And it will make us so. Uh-huh. So we are wise in our own eyes. He makes us to feel wise in our own eyes. Oh. I know. Let me tell you something. What the world calls smart is what makes the believer foolish. Can I say it again? What the world calls smart is what makes the believer foolish. And all is meant to do is to make you lose out on your inheritance. So she ate some of the fruit and gave some to her husband. And he ate too. And as they ate it, suddenly they became aware of their nakedness. Ah. So you see, listen. When a person gives to themselves, their eyes are open to embarrassment. This while it means they were naked. But they had glory covering them. Because that was their uniform. The glory of God. But now, when self came in, glory left. And things was which they want to cover them. Because things exposes us. You see, that's why the world makes you feel that it is the car you drive that's your worth. And you feel shame when you don't have it. 
because they make it feel that's your worth. And then you accept it. And then you feel embarrassment. You feel shame about something you don't have to feel shame about. Because your personality is beyond what you wear. Your dignity is beyond what you wear. It's so beyond. You are living already in heavenly places. Sitting in authority with Christ Jesus. Demons bow to you. And your name is written in the book of life. Are you getting the point? Tell me what should embarrass you. The thing that you were made to dominate now has become your embarrassment. It is the lie of the devil. That's why he said, so they strung thick leaves together to cover themselves around the hips. Watch this. Does it make sense? What they saw, Eve said, it looked beautiful. And because it looked beautiful, she ate it. The thing she ate couldn't cover her. Watch what you give to. I'm saying some deep things here. Watch what you give to. Praise the Lord. Give me the name. Rich towards oneself and the world always leads to nakedness and embarrassment. Are you here with me? Let me give you the last example and I'll close for today. Luke chapter 12, 16 to 18. Let's all read it. Go. Then he gave an illustration. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. In fact, his barns were full to overflowing. He couldn't get anything. Hey, he couldn't get everything in. Wow. He thought about his problem. I'm confused. I'm confused though. This is a problem. <laughs> is a problem. Look at the problem. And finally exclaimed, I know. I'll tear down my bands and build bigger ones. You see? You see what you say? The guy is blessed. These days they use our term for us. You see? In the newspapers and in the magazines on Facebook. Then they will show, maybe a footballer, say, oh, this guy is blessed. Then they begin to show the mansions they have, the cars they have. He's blessed. Because that's what we call blessing. Then I'll have room enough. And I'll sit back and say to myself, friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Oh, yeah. Wine. WW. Women. 
and sung for you. Last week I told you but that for most of us, this is our dream. And as a matter of fact, we bring it to God in prayer. Oh, hello. Am I speaking to the believers in the house? I mean, when you are a young man coming up and you are praying five hours and six hours, this is your dream. This is your dream. That you don't have anywhere to put them. Yeah. And like I said, you go to Bahamas with your silver, silver lined Bentley. With your glasses. As you view the beach. With your cigar. Okay. Pole. And then all you say, life is beautiful. This, I've said that we have made <laughs> the salvation dream the American dream. This is the thinking of the American. It has nothing to do with God. Nothing. So what did God say? Read what, what God said. Go. But God said to him, hmm? I didn't call you that. Listen to me. When people say, wait, when people are preaching this preaching, they say, oh, there's nothing wrong with getting abundance. Watch this. We read in Corinthians that he gives us much so we will give much away. Not hoard. Listen to me. When you have much that you don't know what to do with it, you don't have vision. This is not life. This is not life. I said, when you have vision for the kingdom, no money is too big. Because you know exactly where it's already going. As a matter of fact, before it comes, you know the Lord wants me to channel it here. You know the Lord wants us to do this here. Oh, are you hearing me? Yes. Every man is a fool who gets rich on earth but not in heaven. Every man, I didn't say it. Every man 
is a fool who gets rich on earth but not in heaven. What he means is that the resources that he's given you is meant to bring people into the granaries of heaven. So your resources should finish the gospel and bring people to heaven. So when you get to heaven, your account is full. I give you an analogy. That a young man was going to a place and they told him that when you go, whatever you get at the place, you either spend it or transfer it. When you are transferring, you can't take what you got there to the next place. You can only transfer. Make it cash and take it. Hello? So you transfer it to the place. By the time you get there, it is there. But everything you bought here, you can't take it. Which one would you do? You transfer. Do you know that you are not transferring? That is exactly the situation of every man. Whatever we are using, we are working here with, we can't take it to the next. We came here as strangers to come and work on an assignment for this man up there. Everything we get here, we can't take it there. We can transfer it into souls. And when we get there, our account will be full. It's my prayer that as you heard the word, the Lord will cause you to be the doer of it. You will give your life. You will give your money. You will give your time. You will give your talent. You will give everything he has given you to finish the kingdom and to make his word good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.